Good morning. It is a good and beautiful day to be together, and I am thankful for the opportunity. Now, as I get up here, Mike is out of town this weekend, but he will be back next weekend. Somebody looked in and said, well, there's books messed up. Well, he's coming back. Don't think anything of that. Uh, We miss him. He's speaking at a lectureship in Louisiana, so we look forward to having him back. In fact, I believe he'll be back either tonight or tomorrow. Tomorrow, he'll be here in time for Monday night for the Masters. All right. As we begin today, I would like to talk about it's time to get to work. You know, I was working on a lesson for, for Sunday, and as I was working on it, I said, you know, I just don't feel like it's going to uh, resonate with everybody. Maybe it's not quite the lesson to do f- to, for this week, and so I, uh, I threw it away, and I started over, and I did something different. And I came to where I thought about a time to work. If you are visiting with the Olive Branch Church for the first time, this lesson is for you. If you have never been to the Olive Branch Church of Christ and you are watching online, this lesson is for you. If you have been at services and never missed a service, this lesson is still for you. No matter where you fall in in life, I want you to understand that it is time to work. We're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 3 and we're going to look at the the servant relationship there, but the work of the church is working. The work of the church is being busy. I fear too often that we might fall into a, a dilemma where we believe that our sole purpose is to come together on Sunday mornings and if we're really going to try hard, we're going to be here for Bible class and we're... We're going to take advantage of all the opportunities that we have to meet. But I want you to understand as we go through services this morning, this is somewhat of a timeout. You know, I believe yesterday Elijah went to baseball practice and he, he learned some stuff about baseball practice. Well, there's a time when the team is together in the dugout where they ramp everybody up. I know that Emma Kate played goalie yesterday. And within soccer, you know, the coach and the team, they get together and they get in a huddle. And they say, all right, you guys go do this. You go kick that soccer ball and you're going to knock it into the goal and we're going to win. I know we've had some that have played basketball. And they call a timeout and they all huddle together and they say, okay, well, this is the plan. This is how we're going to get the job done. As we come together today, I want you to understand that we are having or enjoying a time out. This is our opportunity to get together and to ramp each other up. Why? Because we have work to do. It's time to get to work. Colossians chapter 3. Look at verse 22. As we begin, we will be looking at working as a servant... Of the Lord. Now I understand as you go to Colossians chapter 3, we are literally looking at the owner-master-slave relationship. That's what he's talking about. And so he says in verse 22, bond servants, obey in all things your master. Now I understand today that we do not have per se the, the servant relationship in this respect. Now we do have an employee-employer relationship. But no matter what, we do have a servant relationship where we understand there is one whom we serve. You know, we looked at our class this morning 
in Romans, Romans chapter 1 and verse 1, Paul begins and he says, Paul, a bondservant, he recognizes who he is. He recognizes his place in society, his place in the world. When he calls himself a bondservant, he doesn't say, I'm a bondservant to this man, but rather, I'm a bondservant to deity, to Jesus Christ. So when we look at Colossians chapter 3, we are going to begin, as we notice, working as a servant of the Lord. Verse 22, bondservants, obey in all things your masters, according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart. Fearing God. He says, when you work, buddy, give your all. Put your heart into it. You know, you think about the tasks that you enjoy to do. It's a whole lot easier to give your everything when you know, this is what I want to do. You know, I think about different tasks that I've been given in life, and I just didn't want to do it, or especially I didn't want to do it then. There were times growing up that my dad would say, well, it's time to go burn the trash. Man, I hated burning the trash. But here we go. We go and we burn the trash because it's the task you have to do. He says, don't do it as a men pleaser, but do it in sincerity. He means give it your all. You know, there were other times that, that he said, Dad, he said, Jared, you need to go clean out the barn. He said, the manure's piling up and I want you to spread it on the field. And you know, I'm guessing that you're probably saying, gross. Jared's going to say, uh-uh, not excited about that. Let me tell you, I was some sort of excited. I went and jumped on the tractor or the bobcat, started loading that stuff up and dumping it on the field. It was a great day. I was excited to do it. When you talk about serving the Lord, he says, do it with excitement, do it with fervor, give it your all. We need to understand that as we work, here he's talking about the master-servant relationship, understanding that we are a servant of God, we've got to give it our all. Work as a person in sincerity of heart. Don't do it as a men-pleaser, just so people, people recognize, oh, he did, he did work hard. But do it understanding that God is the one that we are serving. Why should I be a servant? That's the question. Why should I be a servant? I'm an American, born in the land of the free, slave to no one, or so we think. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, I believe he, he deals with the reality of what our life is about. He says, if then you were raised with Christ... Obviously, we're, we're here writing to Christians, to the brothers and sisters in Colossae, and he says, if you were raised with Christ, he said, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Understanding that you chose to put Christ first. Understanding that you said, you know what, I'm making a change in my life because I understand that Jesus Christ is Lord. Understanding that, he says, seek those things which are above. Work diligently for the master. Because we chose Christ, we chose Christianity. We chose servanthood. 
You know, as you think about Christ, he was a great example of servanthood. We think back to Christ washing feet. You think back to the many great tasks of, of Christ. In fact, as you go back to the woman at the well, what is the deal? He's putting someone ahead of himself. Now, sure, she drew water, but Christ had a purpose there to help the woman at the well. Caring about others before me, choosing servanthood. As we think about that servant relationship, we need to understand we were purchased. We were bought. We don't belong to ourselves. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20, a well-known verse, very likely you've, you've read it and studied it many times. He says, for you were bought with a price. Somebody spent some money on you. They gave something that was valuable to them for you to be theirs. He says, you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. They belong to God. Not only did God give us life, but when he gave his son, he gave us new life. And we ought to choose to live in service to him. You were purchased by him. You were created by him. And so therefore we ought to live for him. When we become a Christian, we chose Christ. You might sing the song, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. It's no longer I who live. It's no longer about me and my wants and my desires, but because I chose Christ, it's not I that live, yet Christ lives in me. That means we live our life in a pattern or in an example so that people recognize Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, when it says, Let your light so shine before men, the reality is people need to see Jesus Christ in you. And it all comes from our action. Becoming a Christian was making a choice that your life is not your own. Becoming a Christian was making a choice that Jesus Christ is whom, who I will put first. He's the one that I will hold to. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31, he says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, he said, do it all to the glory of God. It's not about me, don't recognize me, but rather recognize the glory of God and then you recognized my purpose. Because Christ living in me through his word, through what he has given and the life change that I made gives all opportunity to be ready to appear before the judgment seat. Gives all the opportunity to stand prepared to meet their maker. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23 there, it referenced back to the servant relationship. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, it says, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. We see a lifestyle of putting Christ first. You know, I think about our huddle I think about our time out. You know, we get to have this time out on Sunday morning. 
We get to have a time out on Sunday night. And we get to come together and we fellowship and we enjoy the, the great company of like-minded people. But when we take up our cross daily, Christianity is far more than a worship service. It's far more than a worship service tied with a Bible class. It's far more than that than another Bible class on Wednesday night. We see the reality of recognizing Christianity is it. Christianity is the purpose of life. As you go back and you, and you read in Ecclesiastes, the whole duty of man, fear God. Keep his commandments. The reality is life isn't about me, but it's about giving up me so that Christ can be glorified. I think about John the Baptist when, when, he, was, when he was on the earth. He said, I must decrease that he might increase. When we choose to become a Christian, we ought to have the understanding that I, just as John the Baptist, recognize that it's not about my life, but it's that Christ is increased. It's that people see Jesus. Calling Christ our Savior relegates our desires. It, it brings, us, brings us back so that we have a different view, a different mindset. If you look at Luke chapter 6, verse 46, he says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? He said, Oh, you speak a good game. You talk something really special. Lord, Lord, look at me. Here I am. He says, why do you shout something crazy like that if you're not willing to obey me? We're talking about service. We're talking about servanthood. Luke chapter 17 and verse 10, I think, probably gives the best picture as far as understanding God's design. In verse 10 he says, So likewise, when you have done all those things, so you've got your list of commands that come from your master. He said, So when you've done all those things which you are commanded, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. As we talk about works in the world today, after you've done all your great works and you say, man, I've given it my all. Understand the attitude here. I have done what was my duty to do. And so therefore I'm still left indebted to Christ. You worked your little tail off. Does that mean you deserve heaven? Absolutely not. It means by the grace of God you can enjoy the blessings that come through the blood of Christ. You can be forgiven and enjoy heaven, but it's not because you deserved it. It's not because you worked hard enough that heaven belonged to you. He says, when you have done all those things, talking about everything that the master commanded, you've done everything that you could to serve your master, he says, recognize we are unprofitable servants. I'm not good enough. All right, working as a servant of the Lord... Why should I be a servant? Because God gave it all for me. Because I chose to be a servant of Christ when I became a Christian. When we talk about work for the Lord, well, what is the work? What's the work of the church? As you go to the scriptures and you recognize 
the purpose, the, the, the drive of the church. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, when he sends out the Great Commission, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, he says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20, the purpose is to go out and to preach, to present the gospel, to evangelize, and the goal is that through teaching, they'll become stronger Christians. Preach and teach, evangelize, and help people to become stronger in Christ. The work of the church is evangelism. One of the great things, advantages, blessings that we have to have as we come together for Bible classes or worship is we have an opportunity to study deeper. We have an opportunity to learn more. And we get ramped up to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. Edifying. The goal of the church is to edify one another. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing. What's the church do? They teach. We recognize that in evangelism. They admonish one another. They build up. We talk about a huddle. When you get together in the huddle, in a basketball game, you're down two points. There's five seconds left in the game. You get together and you huddle and you say, this is what we're going to do. And then you're going to shoot the three-pointer and you're going to win and everybody's going to cheer and it's going to be a great day. We get the opportunity to come together in our huddle right now. And the goal is we need to be coming up with a plan. We need to be devising a plan together so that we can help evangelize, so that we can help edify the church. Our goal is to help others know Christ and be saved through that gospel message. James chapter 1 and verse 27, it says, pure religion and undefiled. Listen, pure religion. What do you think that means? That means everything that God wants it to be. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the orphans and the widows and their afflictions and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Within our purpose. You know, I want to be pure in my religion. I want to be exactly what Christ wants me to be. We talk about benevolence. Caring for others. Here he mentions the orphans and the widows. In the Bible it's also mentioned the needy or, or those who are suffering. We see within Christianity the threefold work of the church, evangelism, edification, and benevolence. We see we've got a task to do. The question then becomes, all right, if I recognize that I'm a servant of Christ, and I recognize there's work to do in the church, and I recognize that church isn't just about coming together to worship, then I say, how can I get to work? How can I be working what can I do to further the cause of Christ? Ephesians chapter 6, still talking about that relationship, verse 5. He says, Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear 
and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ. He says, do this work just as if you were doing it for the Lord. Understanding that the Lord is the one whom we are the servant to today, he says, do it with all your heart. In sincerity of heart, give your all to the work of the church. Well, you know, I hate to tell you, but there is upcoming in the next couple days, never mind, tomorrow, Monday night for the master was designed for this. It was designed with this in mind. So as you look at Monday night for the master, one of the great goals is evangelism. We want to be able to reach out. We want names. We want people that we can get together with, that we can talk with. Monday night for the master is a great opportunity for us to try and reach out. I know different tasks that are going to take place will be that of card writing. I know there's going to be a men's leadership class, and when we talk about men's leadership, we're actually planning to put into practice how can I evangelize, how can I help, how can I lead in fulfilling the work of the church. You know, I believe we've got VBS that will be coming up soon and, I'm, and part of that will be the work to get ready for VBS. Now, I don't believe we understand exactly what Monday Night for the Masters will entail in its final, final picture, the broader scope. But I want to encourage each of you to come and to make it a point to come with a desire to put God first. It could be that you have ideas of a way in which we can evangelize, of a way in which we can edify, or a way in which we can be benevolent to others. The whole purpose, from my understanding, when James, when James set this up, was just another opportunity for us to do the work of the church. Sometimes it's difficult when we come together and we say, now I want you to go out and tell everybody you know. There might not be just a definite enough article there where we recognize, well, that's how I'm going to do it. The goal behind Monday Night for the Master is not only to tell you what you need to do, but it's to help put it into practice. You know, within the work of the church, we, we mentioned edification. One of the great opportunities in Monday night for the Masters, we're going to have an opportunity to eat together, to associate, to talk. If you sneak out real quick after services, like, you know, the clock hits 11, it's like, well, it's time for lunch anyways. Of course, you don't eat till 12 on any other day, but on Sundays, you've got to get there quick. All right, 11 o'clock, the, the clock strikes 11. You got to go eat. I understand. Well, here's the problem. We don't have much edification when all we did was talk to ourselves. When all we did was take a second to sing a couple songs and to listen to someone speak. If you want to know your brothers and sisters in Christ, I want to encourage you. Make it a point to be at Monday night for the masters. I mentioned benevolence. I know we've got a goal to send out cards. I know there's a bunch of other works that, that James was telling me about, and it doesn't matter which one you get involved in. The point is we want you to have an opportunity to work.
We're also starting a program where we get all the new, vis- new movers in this community. It's going to be part of Monday Night for the Masters. Everybody that moves into this community, we will be sent an address for us. Says, look, this is a new address. New person lives here. Welcome them to Olive Branch. Invite them to be a part of the work here. You know, after door knocking yesterday, we had a great turnout, by the way. After door knocking yesterday, I recognized that I invited a lot of people to come to services with us. Or I might have said, come worship with us at Olive Branch Church. My interest isn't just that you worship with us, but I think I want to invite people to work with us. If we're not a working church, we are not what God intended us to be. If all we do is come together on Sunday and we say, well, we had a great number there, we're not what God intended us to be. Our goal is to come together, to understand that we huddle up for a minute. We've got an hour together, we've got two hours together, but we are leaving this place for the final five seconds of the game. Now let's go win. Now let's go win souls. Now let's go get to work. Now let's go invite people to understand the great blessing that we enjoy in Jesus Christ. All right, how can I be working? Monday night for the master is only one of those things. You know, we recently, we got all the the new deacons and there are so many works and if you are interested in working, trust me, they'd love to put you to work. I know Paul's, Paul's worked diligently on the building and there's lots of tasks that he has and he would be glad to share some with you. So if you say, look, I just... I don't know where I fit in. I don't know what talent I have. Talk to Paul. He'd be glad to put you to work. It could be that you're more of, a, more of an electronics type of person. I am not. There's not much I can do there. Now, I know how to pull a wire, and I know how to do a few of those things, but if you're interested in helping with that, I know we've got... Uh, Kevin was just put in as a deacon, and he's, he's working with that, as well as Jody and Mike have been up there. You have an opportunity there. I think about the works as they go through. Blake just set up the door knocking yesterday. I think the goal is to continue to door knock. If you want to be involved, I hate to say if you want to, want to be involved, choose to be involved, choose to be involved in everything that you can because it's for a purpose. The goal behind Monday Night for the Master is to put people to work. When I talk about a time to work, the question comes in, how can I be working? How can I be busy? I know Zach's worked worked at trying to get people involved, try to make sure that, that people are here. How do we keep up with those that aren't here? How do we keep up with those who miss? How do we keep up with those that aren't here at all? How do we reach out to those that are visitors that we get a card for? I'm excited for the work there. I know that Tyler and Heather have worked diligently with the teaching and with the the VBS, the upcoming VBS. I believe there's going to be plenty of work to do. There always is. You can be involved. That's what I'm saying. So really this morning as we got together for our huddle, I just feel like for a second I got to be the coach. I appreciate you all huddling up right now. As we come together and we recognize the greatness of God, we recognize the lowliness of me, the servanthood place that I belong in. 
And now we get to cheer one another on and we say, guys, let's go get to work. I appreciate so much Brother Billy as he led the songs this morning. Let us labor for the Lord. To the work. Let's get to work. We've got to be busy. If we are going to be what the church is supposed to be, if we are going to be what God intended us to be, let me tell you, we got to be working. We have Monday night for the master. You have the opportunity every day to talk to your friends, to talk to your neighbors, to talk to your acquaintances about God. Take advantage of it. Helping the needy. It could be that you see someone that's needy. Take advantage of it. You know, it wasn't long ago we had a group of folks that came up here and they beautified the front, the front stoop. The flower beds were looking pretty rough, but they came up here and they took care of it. Take advantage of it. Wrote down the media room. We've got a security team. We've got a group that gets together to make sure that we have an opportunity to be safe during worship. Take advantage of it. Tyler is always looking for teachers, Bible class teachers, men's class teachers, women's class teachers, all ages. We need people that are willing to be active in teaching, leading in worship. All of those things are necessary. Well, we're not going to finish, but we're going to look at Colossians chapter 3 real, real quick. Colossians chapter 3. There's many other works that you can be involved in, but I encourage you, take advantage of everything that you have the opportunity. Colossians chapter 3, verse 22 and 23 said, Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. For whatever you do, do it heartily to the Lord, not the men. I'm working for the king. Notice in verse 24 that we are rewarded as servants of the Lord, knowing, verse 24, that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Now there he's talking about the relationship that we have with the master. We looked at this bond-servant relationship where a servant to a master and you be pleasing to the master because God is your true master. And here he says, when you work for them like you ought, then you'll be what I would have you to be. In verse 24, knowing that God is our master, if we work for him in sincerity of heart, if we work for him with all of our being, then we have a reward and an inheritance that is ours. Not because you worked hard enough to deserve it, but because the blood of Christ is that great that he forgave you. Not only are we rewarded as servants of the Lord, but notice verse 25, disciplined. As one that doesn't serve the Lord. Notice verse 25. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Now remember, he's talking about that servant relationship. You had a master, you had something you were supposed to do, and what did you choose? Did you choose to work for the master? That's my question. He says, what he has done, he'll be repaid for. 
brothers and sisters in Christ. It's time to get to work. Heaven can be your home. You will be repaid very well for all of the labor that you put in. But if you choose not to, understand that discipline was a reality for those that didn't put the Lord first. I pray that we never become a worshiping society. I pray that it's never our idea that I've done what God has commanded me to do because I showed up on Sunday and I went on Sunday night too. You know, I didn't miss a morning, Tuesday morning Bible class. You know, in Wednesday night, every one of them I was there. If we ever believe that you've made it because you made it to services, you missed it. Understand there is so much more to the church than being at services. Now, I'll put in one plug. I would love to see every one of you at every service. I think it would be the best spiritual decision that you could make. But if you believe that you have arrived and you have done what God expects you to do because you were here, I believe you missed the mark. And now I say, look, we've got Sunday, we get together. James just added Monday. We already had a class that gets together on Tuesday. We've got a Wednesday evening Bible study. You know, you go back and study about the early church, and they were together daily. What a blessing it will be, and I pray that you have that opportunity. If you haven't given your life to Christ, I ask you, why not? If you're not a Christian, understand that we've got to understand that Jesus Christ truly was the Messiah. He was the Son of God who took on flesh, lived upon the earth, and died on the cross for our sins. Understanding that, we say, you know what? I need to make a change. I've got to give my life to Christ because I'm in trouble. I have sinned, and the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Heaven cannot be yours. The wages of sin is death, Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. And so therefore, I find myself in a hopeless situation. Jesus Christ provides hope. Understanding who Jesus Christ was, we've got to make a decision that I'm turning from the world. We call it repentance. But I want to make very clear today that if you understand repentance, you're not just saying I'm giving up sin, but you're saying God put the shackles on me. I will be your servant. It is not about me. But I want the world to see you through my actions. Having that knowledge and that understanding, you can choose to be a follower of Christ. Being buried in the water, we rise to walk in newness of life, according to Romans chapter 6. Understanding that we have hope for the future. Brethren, if you haven't given your life to Christ, it's time to get to work. If you've been a member of the Lord's church for a long time and you find yourself as a lazy and slothful servant, that sounds terrible, that couldn't be me. Well, yeah, it can. I think to a certain point, to a certain extent, it happens to all of us. If we're going to be what God wants us to be as members of the church, we've got to be working.
If you haven't given your life to Christ or if you're ready to get to work, please come as we stand and sing.